because I don't know if you realize this, liberals, you're fighting with a group of people that have guns. Yeah, yeah, you can hear them yee-hawing right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, when you keep arguing, I'm like, you need to stop arguing and read some history, because I don't think you understand how this country was founded. A bunch of people came here with guns, killed the people that didn't have guns, stole their country, and then wrote a constitution that said, I'm keeping my fucking guns. be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. They're so threatened by the idea that a conservative speaker might be persuasive and interesting and funny. Save one man's vulgarity is another man's lyric. And I would say one person's offensive speech is somebody else's challenging the status quo, rocking the boat speech. Are you looking for a podcast that contains verbal safe spaces and is free from trigger warnings? If so, you've come to the wrong place. Because we expect our conversations to be filled with rigorous debate, discussion, and even disagreement. Welcome to the Socially Sensitive Podcast. Welcome, welcome to the Socially Sensitive Podcast. I'm your host, David. And I'm Wolfie. And Taco's not here, but he says he's going to be back next week, so... Okay. We'll wait on that. No, Can't yeah. wait to see Taco again. Yep. Should have another guest next it, week, too. Mr. Greg will be on next week. I just seen a clip uh, on the news today of President Biden saying that he was going to send people door to door to vaccinate people. Yeah. yeah, I've got that people. clip if you want to hear it and quick. Yeah, sure. Let's listen to it. Yeah. A special focus on five ways to make gains in getting those of you who are unvaccinated vaccinated. Because here's the deal. We are continuing to wind down the mass vaccination sites that did so much in the spring to rapidly vaccinate those eager to get their first shot and their second shot, for that matter, if they need the second. Now we need to go to community by community, neighborhood by neighborhood, and oftentimes door to door, literally knocking on doors to get help to the remaining people protected from the virus. Um, how, how well do you think that's going to go over? I personally don't think it's they're. I don't think they're actually going to be doing it. It's another scare tactic slash. We're going to get in your face kind of thing. You know, we're going to basically shame you. We're going to come to your door and we're going to shame you. If you don't get the vaccine, we're going to shame you and we're going to use threats of, you know, uh, Right after they did the Biden clip, they did the uh, whoever his press secretary is. She was making uh, statements in front of the press that, you know, remember the lockdowns that we had to go through? No one wants to go through that again. Just to to paraphrase what she was saying, we're going to come around door to door and we're going to shame you into getting it. Or we're going to threaten you with more lockdowns in which, you know, more small businesses are going to go out of business and, and all this other stuff until you comply with what we say you have to do. Right. That's what it looks like to me. Uh, I don't think it'll go over very well. I mean, I personally, if somebody shows up at my door, I'm just going to be like, yeah, hey, what's, I, I mean, I'll open the door. I'll be nice. Yeah. I'll Say, come on in. I'm put, I put on <clears throat> some tea. Let me, sh- you know, share the good news about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Have exactly. 
And then, but you know, you, when they say, do you want to shut up? I'm like, no. And if that's the only reason you're here, there's the door. You need to leave. Yeah. I don't, I don't even think they're actually going to do anything. First of all, I don't know what they would do. Like you said, I think it's just a, a, a scare tactic. They're, they're just throwing spaghetti against the wall to see what sticks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So they're trying anything to get more people. How many people... I mean, the numbers are still dropping, dropping, dropping. So they keep talking about different variants, the Delta variant. What's the newest one? Is it the, the, the Lambda? Delta. No, the newest one's the Lambda. Delta. The Lambda just came it's, out. They just started talking about uh, it yesterday. I haven't heard about that yeah. one. The Delta's the latest one I've heard of. They said it's, it's not any more uh, contagious or deadly than the Delta, but it, uh, something about how it, the way it spreads is a little different. I saw a thing earlier that... Uh, Pfizer has a new booster that they're about to release, um, and they mm -hmm. said it should work well with the variants that we've discovered so far. So, I mean, I yeah. <clears throat> I, I don't know if how you've many got, people... if you've got to come up with if you've got to come out with boosters for a right. vaccine, then that vaccine in the beginning probably wasn't as good as what you were claiming it was. I don't I don't think they need the booster. I mean, I don't know. I don't think if you've had COVID, you need to get the vaccine. No. I mean, what? No, the because thing, there still the is no. Don't, in my opinion, and this right. is just me, and no, uh, the, what little bit of research I've been able to do, there's been several thousand people die from the vaccine. Right. They get the vaccine, and with a day or two later, they're dead. Yes. Some of them get the vaccine, and they have an incident right there, and they die. Right. Uh, so for me, looking at that, I'm like, I've had COVID. I've had, I've got antibodies. I've got the, I've got the memory of it stored in my bones right. so that if I get hit by it again, it can, you know, the body can react to it. <clears throat> At this point, I'm thinking for me to get a vaccine is just playing Russian roulette, you right. know, because it may kill me. It may not. And there's still you no, know, or, or it, if it doesn't kill me, there's still a various other little things it can do to me that I don't need to have happen to me. Right. There's still no confirmed cases of somebody who had had it once and then had it again like months year later yeah. now there's a lot of anecdotal you can talk to all kinds of people who say oh well i know this person they said they had it back here and then they got it again but there's nobody there's no proven confirmed if we're going by confirmed cases of somebody having it more than once um like I said, the one doctor I heard talking about it said that there, there's been, you know, like a few hundred cases that people thought they had. And mm -hmm. then when, you know, when then when they check that it was other things either way. So, it, yeah, if it if it hasn't returned and we're a year and a half into it now, those people who did have it last year, you know, and if they're not vaccinated, you'd think they would be popping up by now. But most of the studies I've seen where they've tested people, tested the antibodies, you know, a year later after them having it, their antibodies are still really high, you know, with, with very little drop from when they was, first got it. But that's what there's a lot of them that talk about. Yeah. So if there's that many people in this country that have had it. There's, I don't remember what the number was that has had it now. It's in the millions, yeah, the people that have had the COVID. Because the vaccine is, we're what, close to 150 million vaccinated. Mm -hmm. 
And think about this. Back in the 70s, they did a uh, – they tried to, to come up with a vaccine for a uh, an influenza-type thing, and it killed – that vaccine killed 50-some people, and they said the risk is too great. Right. But this vaccine, there have been cases – and like I said, it's up into the thousands. I'm not exactly sure where. I've heard somewhere between four and 6,000 people here in America – dying from getting the they get the vaccine and they die within just like sometimes just like that sometimes within a day or two of getting the vaccine the difference in the way that they're treating it you know it's like this one they don't care it's just like hey we're just going to keep pushing it keep pushing it because we can and if you and you think about it you know if if the vaccines the different variations of the vaccines have killed that many people here in america then it's probably done the same thing in great britain in france in germany in in Italy, you know, all these places, it's probably killed just as many people in these places as it has here. And they wonder why pe- and and people, and, you know, they're not being, I don't think they're being honest with us. If they, I think if they were to be honest with us and tell us, you know, everything, then I think people would be a little bit more, they might possibly decide to get the vaccine, knowing, you know, if you know all the risk. But for you just to sit up there and say, oh, it's safe, it's safe, it's safe, it's safe. Well, no, it's not safe because there's all these things that have happened. You know, death is definitely the worst. Right. But you've, you've, I've, I've heard, I've, I've read articles of blindness and eye issues coming after, you know, you get the shot and all of a sudden, boom, you're blind. That's not good. You know, but they're still pushing it. And basically what they're doing is they're doing the largest, instead of, instead of doing the, the animal trials, they're doing human trials. They skip the animal trials totally went straight to human trials. Just like I said before, the hubris of these people, they're like, oh, if we can just get, because they, they've they never been able to get a, a, a messenger RNA vaccine out of animal trials because it always kills too many of the animals. Right. But then they're thinking, and like I said, I can just see it now. These scientists are all sitting up there and they're like, we just need to just screw animal testing. We need to go straight to humans. We'll figure it out. As we go along, and it, they don't care how many people they kill, because they think that the ends justify the means. Right, and that's the way they look at it. They look at it as if we can figure out this messenger RNA thing, we'll be that much better off on the other side of this. Then, if a few people have to die along the way to get us to that point, then in their mind, they think it's worth it. I don't know what their end goal is. Actually, I get so confused. <clears throat> I'll have a thought in mind. Something in my head that I work through, and logically, you know, it makes sense. This, and then this, and then this. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't see how anyone else doesn't see it that way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. Because I sit and I think about things like that, too, and I, I, I take it logically. step by. Right. And here's the thing. My scenario is putting forth the fact that these people, these scientists, are actually trying to do something for the betterment of mankind. And But then when you throw things like... Uh, the Microsoft guy. Oh, Bill Gates. Gates. Bill Gates. Once you throw people like that into the mix, and he's he's publicly came out and said that there's too many people on the face of the planet. Right. He sent vaccines to India that ended up killing and maiming people for life. You know, I think somewhere around 400,000 cases of, of people being harmed by vaccines that he was pushing. Yeah. And you got to, th- yeah. And my like I said, my scenario only works if I'm thinking that the, the scientists are actually looking to do something to better mankind. 
But then, like I said, you throw uh, Bill Gates into the mix who thinks that there's too many people alive. Well, and then you got to look at, you know, hey, depends. they're doing this because they want to thin the herd. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Depends they, if you think that the scientists are doing it to better mankind. Maybe culling the herd is uh, part of that, is how they look at it. Is I mean, yeah, maybe, the, the maybe, conspiracy maybe. theory that you hear is a lot of them say that the planet's not made to have more than uh, 500 million people on it. That's what it should function at the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and any more than that, we end up like we do. You know, they but that's not that's not true. No. Well, I mean, I don't have true. any evidence of it either way. I just know yeah. we can we can function fine above that. Now, are we doing damage to the planet? Yeah. Does the planet recover fast enough? I don't know. I mean, I assume, but maybe not. If you look at the planet, is it is a, it's not an infinite thing. I mean, just looking at the sun's fuel source, it's not an infinite thing. Depends how, how long that goes before you consider it long enough that it's close enough to infinite. Well, I mean, they're talking about uh, millions of years out into the future, the sun will actually burn out. Right. And that's, I don't think. And that's taking Christ completely out of the picture. If you're looking at it right. just purely, let's say God created the heavens and the earth the way it is. And these are the natural laws that he put in place. And that's what everything runs through. He's sovereign mm-hmm. and actually controlling everything. But he, there, there are consistencies to those, to those laws that he created as far there as are, yeah. physical laws. I mean, we know it, it, if, if it's consuming, if it's using its fuel, the sun, it's not going to be infinite. So unless there's something that could replenish it in the future. Well, he's the one that, that God is the one that created it to begin with. Right. If he wanted to refuel it at any point in time, I believe he probably has the power to do so. Right. But with I mean, if, if speaking, you're looking. Speaking of a word. Right. But I just don't think we're going to be around that much longer, really, to tell you the truth. I don't know. People have always been saying that. Yeah, but there's a lot of stuff that's. that's People have always been saying that, too. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know, I know, but, and it just gets, and it just gets. Oh man, it's. I say you just live every just gets, every day. It gets scarier and scarier. Yeah, I know. You just live your life. You know, do what you can, and it's all good. You do what you can. You do, you know, you, you help out where you can. You do what you can with, you know, with everything that you got. Right. But there's just there's just so many things that just you know it says in the Bible that in the end times they will not uh, sound they won't listen to sound doctrine. Yeah. If you take that, but we look at that as, today as, as worse, as just, as just as just in a biblical sense, right? They don't want to hear what the Bible has to say. There's doctrine in everything, not right. just the Bible. There's like scientific right. doctrine and stuff like that. These people that are like, oh, there's more than just male and female gender. There's like forty-seven different kinds. No, there's not. There's right. male and there's female, and everything else that goes on is in your head. You know, if you think you're a tomato plant, that's in your head. You're not actually a tomato plant. You're a human being. You can think whatever you want, but it doesn't change the fact that you're still a human being. You're not a tomato plant, you know. Right. You're a man. You think you're a woman, but no, you're not. You're a man because that's the way you were born. It doesn't matter what's in your head. You've got the parts to be a man. You're a man. Yeah. But, so, they, I mean, but they've always that, done that. It's just you know. It's just that you're bombarded with so much information today. If we didn't have the Internet today... You wouldn't know 99% of what's going on. Probably you're right. A thousand years ago, 
they thought the earth was the center of the universe. I mean, 500 years ago, they thought the earth was flat. So 500 years from now, they'll look back and say, they thought there were more than two genders. Exactly. Everybody knows there's more than that. There's actually 112. The problem is that we look at today through today's eyes. And we look at Mm -hmm. yesterday through today's eyes. Yes. And so we're trying to, I mean, because it's easy to look back and say, okay, our founding fathers had slaves. Some of them had slaves. They were, Mm -hmm. some of them were opposed to slaves. Some of them had Mm -hmm. slaves. But looking at that in that society, how many people were opposed to it? A lot of people. How many people Mm -hmm. actually stood up and did something? Well, as time went on, more and more people did stand up and start doing something. That's why we ended up having the Civil War. Enough people decided this is wrong and we need to stop it. And, of course, Democrats down south decided, no, we don't need to stop this. This is, you know, this is perfectly okay. So there you go. Roe v. Wade, 1973. Mm-hmm. How many people think that's wrong? I do. Killing millions of lives every year. How many people are doing anything about it? There are organizations out there fighting to reverse that decision. Right. But I, I mean, on, the, on the individual I don't, I don't know the names of any of them. Right. But I mean, but on the individual level, we look back at everybody. If you were white in 1750, you were a horrible person, whether you owned slaves or not. The fact that it existed and you didn't stop it is how they look at it today. Yeah. Let's say 150 years from now when they look back at abortion and say, how many people lived during that time and did nothing? And I mean, I'm not wanting to compare abortion and slavery, but they're both horrible things. Yes. And you have people you have people justifying it, abortion today, saying, well, I don't think it's right, but I would never tell somebody what to do. Or, you know, it's a woman's choice. Or they're going to rationalize it any way they want. Which I guarantee people rationalized slavery back then. If you were living it day to day around it, the people that didn't do anything were rationalizing it to themselves. Even if they felt that it was wrong. Well, and that goes back to the fact that over time, more and more people thought it was wrong. And we ended up having... The Civil War over the, that issue, but there were—I guarantee there were people back then that that rationalized it as well. We're good people, even if they own slaves. We take care mm-hmm. of our slaves. We treat our slaves with dignity and respect, as if there is such a thing. Here's another little quick clip. Yes, Esparza. Yes. In a unanimous vote, the San Jose City Council approved first-of-its-kind gun safety measures. The first would require every gun owner to have liability insurance coverage for their firearms. The second requires gun owners to pay an annual fee to compensate taxpayers for the public cost of responding to gun-related injuries and death. It's also the case uh, that while the Second Amendment certainly protects the right to own a gun, it does not mandate that we subsidize as taxpayers, subsidize the possession of those guns. During the virtual meetings, public comment, gun rights advocates said it would punish law-abiding gun owners. I believe these mandates are unconstitutional because they impose a financial burden on only a subset of the population, which is discriminatory. Others worry it infringes on the Second Amendment. We feel very strongly that it is clearly unconstitutional for the government at any level to require some sort of a fee 
before somebody can exercise an enumerated constitutional right. And that is what the Supreme Court has already ruled on, the case Murdoch versus Pennsylvania. Yeah. Murdoch was a, uh, I think, a, a Jehovah Witnesses, a Jehovah's Witness, and he was traveling door to door, giving away his material, but he was asking for donations to because he was a missionary, and that's how he kept going, whether you agree with his philosophy or not. Right. Uh, but that's what he was doing. Pennsylvania said that the fee that they had was because they thought he was a door-to-door salesman, Uh-oh. and he wasn't actually selling things. He was just he was giving them away and then wanting a donation. Which if you got if you took something and didn't donate, that was fine too. And they said that it was uh, it was okay. It was it wasn't infringing on anybody's rights or, or especially his because the the amount of money that he had to pay was so low, it was so little. Right. But the Supreme Court came back and said that uh, it doesn't matter how much money you charge for someone to exercise their rights. It's wrong because eventually what could happen is when you have people that don't like, say, his particular religion, they can keep jacking that fee up until the point that it gets to the point where only the very rich can then exercise their rights. Right. And that's that's wrong. That's unconstitutional. Which yeah, they said this wasn't going to be uh, what did they say a couple dozen dollars. And but the amount, yeah, is it's all relative anyway. It doesn't really matter. It could be a right. quarter, and it would still be wrong. It would right. still be unconstitutional. You can't put a fee on a constitutional right, right. that is guaranteed to you in the constitution. Yeah, Just but, like but you could uh, you could make that claim with purchasing your gun too, though. I don't mind the the idea of concealed carry per right. se. I just don't think I should be the one to have to pay for it. Right. If I want to conceal carry, I don't mind letting them do the background check on me. But it should be the state's responsibility to pick up the tab for all of that. I mean, if it puts them at ease and that's fine, but I don't think the individuals and not just me, but I just think the individual citizen should not be held responsible for that money right but the way they're doing it is to offset that so what if they just said within the city we're going to raise property taxes by um whatever dollar amount to cover that cost would that not result in the same thing or if they said we're gonna like because they already have a higher sales tax on like alcohol and tobacco you have a different sales Mm -hmm. tax on gasoline you have all these different on hot food. You go buy prepared food out of a deli. You pay a higher um, ready to eat tax. What if they put a higher gun sale tax on the purchase of guns and ammo? What purpose? Well, they I claim mean, the money other, that they're using the all of this for is to offset. Their claim was that that county it cost them for I think it was four hundred and forty three million dollars a year. In uh, because of gun violence was an, an added cost to the county. Now they put because of death and lost wages and more policing and you know all of these other things. I don't know how they figured it up, but they claimed it cost them because of high gun violence that it cost them for over four hundred million dollars a year more that they had to recoup somehow. I mean, let's so- say. So they're going to punish legal law-abiding citizens right? to recoup that money. Well, what's your car insurance do? 
I mean, you can drive perfect every single day, never break law, never speed, never do anything. But if people between the ages of 18 and 24 drive like they're crazy, insurance rates are going to be higher on average for those people. So your insurance is going to be higher regardless of how you act. So you're going to have to pay more. The only difference is driving is not a constitutional right. I mean, it's just a privilege. But how far do you take a constitutional right? Could you say, let's say they put a higher tax on, which this is kind of going, you know, a little far with it, but a higher tax on on the purchase of computers or cell phones, because in essence, isn't that limiting your First Amendment right if you can't afford to buy a computer or a cell phone? No, I would not say no, that that's probably not. You can still say whatever you want. Okay, so Facebook can do whatever they want. They, it's not violating your First Amendment right by not giving you access to the platform. Well, as a, no, here's, yeah, here's that's if the, the government steps is, in and does it. This is, this is where you, you get a fine line. <clears throat> they are a private entity, and I'm willing to. Not anymore. Uh, if, if, they do, if they do work for the, the, the government. They're 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 doing the they're doing the dirty work for the government. Yeah, that's the whole point I'm making. Right. They're the, the way they're saying is that we're a private entity. We're not the government. We can't take your uh, right to freedom of speech away from you. Only the government can do that, and that's what the Constitution's for. But if, as a private entity, you're going to do the bidding of either the Republican or the Democrat Party, it's it it's, it gets complicated and murky there because. I mean, you think about it, they wouldn't allow the uh, the news story about Hunter Biden to be put on their platform when it came out in the New York Times. And so since they squashed that, in essence, they gave President Biden, they gave basically a contribution of, you know, we're going to keep this out of the, the news so that you will have a better chance of getting elected. Right. So how much is that worth? How much is a dollar amount is is having a a large tech company that does stuff like that for a particular party. How much is that worth? You know, could that be considered a, a political donation? Right. But that's my point is, is, and if it's going to be a political, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. Let's say the government didn't, let's say Facebook wasn't the one restricting it. Let's say Facebook's, let's say Facebook, Twitter, Google, all of them said, Nope, you can do anything you want. As long as it's legal, we don't care. Post away, say what you want, write what you want. As far as they're like, we think it's your First Amendment right to do that. But let's say the government steps in and says, no, you can't use this platform and you can. Yeah. In actuality, that's the way it was supposed to be, was you can post anything you want. Right. Whether people agree with it or not, or whether it's nasty or Right or hateful or, or but that's you know, my point. Behind. If let's say Facebook <clears throat> was allowing, because that's what that's what the, that's what the two what is it the two thirty law that they talk about? Yeah, they're allowed. These, well, that these was just to not hold are, the, but yeah, these but. platforms are supposed to be a bulletin board in which you can post whatever you want to. Now, when you start editing what people, then you're no longer just a bulletin board, right? And that's where people get the. You know, if you're squashing certain stories because you know that people in the government don't want these stories out, then you're basically becoming an arm of the government, right. like Pravda in, in in old Russia. You know, there was a propaganda wing. If you're going to squash certain things that come from a conservative perspective or this doesn't match the narrative that you want to pursue or want to have prevalent on you, 
then yeah, if you're taking your order and but see, you know, all of that is still kind of a gray area. That's why my point was, let's say the Facebook and Twitter said, no, it's fine. Post what you want. Do it the way that it originally was set up. The That's way, the way that, it should be. Okay. Let's say they were doing that, but the government stepped in and told you, you can't use Facebook. Well, that would be wrong. Right. If they charged a higher sales tax on internet access devices, would that be wrong? Because then, because then they're limiting based off of income who can afford different things. But having a computer or a internet capable device doesn't actually hinder your freedom of speech. It does as far as the world platform goes. It, so if, yeah, well, if that's I mean, the case, it, it then hinders, no, it hinders the amount of people that can hear what you have to say. Right. Well, then but you you're can using walk out on the you can walk out on the street corner and say whatever ridiculous stuff you want to right. say. Well, you're using the, your that <clears throat> argument that they use. If you don't like it, go say it somewhere else. We're not going to let you. That's their whole argument. Is you have all these places to say you can you can make your own platform if you want. But it's not yes, the but same. We've seen, we seen what happened with that particular notion when the parlor came out. They shut it down. But like Rumble, same way with Rumble. Nobody uses Rumble. Everybody still goes to YouTube. Rumble. I use Rumble. I for some. I use Rumble for some things. I watch, other things I use YouTube. I watch a clip every now and then, but you have to watch nineteen ads in every video. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of ads. Well, I mean, YouTube's the same way. There's a crap ton of, you know. But my, my point, I guess, was that at what point at what point does it become a Second Amendment violation? Do they have to provide ammunition? No. So they could no, they it, could put a ridiculous it, tax on ammunition if they voted that in to the point that nobody could afford to shoot one except in a life or death situation. There again, do you think the putting such an absorbent tax on ammunition be considered constitutional? That's what I mean. I don't know. Would it, would it go to the the Supreme Court and they say you can't do this? Actually, I mean they they've allowed limits on certain things because there are states that have put purchase limits that people have filed suit against and it's worked its way up. And which is which is totally wrong. I don't that, right. And it's not that the Supreme Court what, even ruled on it. It's just a lot of times those type cases they just don't even, won't even hear. So then it falls back to the lower court's ruling. Like with like with Biden coming out and saying that from the beginning, the Second Amendment was right. limited in its scope. And no, it wasn't, because if I lived in 1825 and I decided I wanted to go out and buy a cannon, I could go to the local cannon maker and say, I want to buy a cannon. And he would make me a cannon and I would pay him for it. And then I would take the cannon home and it would be my cannon. And it would sit in my front yard and I would shoot it off on holidays, like the 4th yeah. of July. He just says things that fit his story, regardless yes. of whether they're true or not. And people do that all the time on the news. All you got to watch is any of the news channels. When they start talking, I still see them talking about, they still bring up Trump's um, Charlottesville thing. Good people on both mm-hmm. sides. You know, him. him yeah, and but they, they, there again, they took him out of context. Right. If you go back and listen to the whole thing, oh, yeah, he was condemning the, the white supremacists and, and the neo Nazis right. and stuff like that. But he was saying that beyond these people, that there are, you know, take the neo Nazis and, the, and the, the, these people out of the equation. You've got people down in Charlottesville that some of them don't think that those 
statues need to be there. And you've got people on the other side of that issue who think that, hey, there's nothing wrong with these statues. These statues are a part of our history. We need to leave them alone. And that's the two sides of the issue he was talking about. He wasn't talking about the neo because he said they needed to be condemned from the get go. And you see, and here's the thing uh, back before what the 20s, 30s, 40s, whenever they started enacting these crazy gun laws, you could go out to a gun store and you could buy anything you wanted. You could get a Tommy gun, which is an automatic r- weapon. <clears throat> Just as long, as long as you had the money, you could buy it. Just keep whittling away. And then no bump stocks, no, no short barrel, no. Then it'll be no clips over seven rounds, and then no clips over five rounds. And then they'll say, well, you don't need a clip. It holds more than three. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, you, everybody should have single shot. That's still You still have the right to bear arms, but all you can sell is a single shot. Um, nothing larger than a twenty-two. At what point is it violating, like we were saying? What, at what point does it cross the line that it's actually violating your rights? As long as you can still do some. Oh, here's a, another little clip I had of uh, the guy's but like reaction said, for the, to for that the most San of Jose. Our history, for the most, for the majority of our history, the individual citizen was able to equip themselves with the same armaments that our army was using. Right. And you come down through history and you see that. But but look at every civilization. Why, 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 every every should, civilization it, was that way. Why shouldn't it be that like that today? Right. Well, it should why be. But it be like that today. It should be. But look at every civilization in the history. The people would always be able to, you know, fight against the power, and then the government would take away the power of the people slowly until there is either a big rebellion or a collapse or something. In the history of man, we're only talking to us two hundred years. So. Or what are we now? Almost 200, 250, 245. 200, yeah. 245, I think. But that's still at. nothing. In that's the, a drop in the bucket. Right. Can you, can you, when you consider how many empires have came and went, we're mm-hmm. just another one. We think that we're going to be forever because we've done it the best. You know, who knows if 50 years from now. I mean, we we all we joke about it or talk about it, like China stepping in or this group stepping in. There's definitely always going to be a group that, I don't know, that's how everything is always going to work in it. Survival of the fittest. Something's going to happen. Some group is going to step in. and, and But here here's a clip of this guy, his response to that San Jose vote. So San Jose decided to be the first place to pass the new gun laws. Not only will you be required to have liability insurance on every single firearm that you own, you will have to pay $200 a year in taxes per firearm that you own. This is going to drive the illegal firearm market through the roof because people aren't going to do it. These are completely against constitutional rights and absolutely ridiculous. Why are we punishing law-abiding citizens? And like I said, if you have one drop of common sense, you realize by passing these new laws, you are going to drive the illegal gun market through the roof. Ridiculous. Yeah. And then also... And people people wonder why California, people are leaving California so much. And my only prayer is that they're smart enough to leave because they see the draconian type place it's becoming. My only prayer is that they don't come out so warped that the place that they move to, they start enacting the same kind of stuff that, that drove them out of California. But again, see, the, the problem you know is, what I'm I think there's a lot of them that are leaving, not because of the politics of it, but because of the financial benefit of it. 
Yeah, I know, but that's just it, though. The, those two things are interconnected, politics and the financial benefit. Right, but I mean, the, I think that the reason the reason you can move to a place like Texas where you can live a, a better life and, and make more money is because they don't have all the stupid laws on the books that they have in California. And that's one of the reasons that you got so upset is because you're working your butt off and you're not seeing what you should be able to see from your efforts because it's getting all sucked into taxes. And you, then you got these people that are living out on the you know sidewalks, defecating in the streets. Right. Nobody does anything about it. And so you get fed up with it finally and you leave. And when you leave, you shouldn't try to turn Texas into California. Right. But that's what I'm saying. The problem is a lot of them are still anti-gun, pro-censorship, pro-choice, you know, could care less about their neighbors or any other, you know, people. They're not for freedom of speech. They're not for any of that. As long as they can pay less taxes, that's why they're leaving. They don't care. So they're going to be in Texas paying less taxes, but they're still going to be anti-gun, anti-free speech. No, well, we can only hope that they'll get some really good Texas neighbors who will sit them down and set them straight on where they've gone wrong. I don't know. Austin uh, and, supposedly and is, is, is just going farther left every day. That's what I've heard, too. But uh, one other thing they passed there in you know San Jose, two weeks earlier, they passed another bill that uh, required all purchases at gun shops um, to be video and audio recorded. For what purpose? documentation i guess to make sure they're following the gun laws conspiracy says like, so that they I can track like to, everybody who buys one i would like to address something that i've heard recently in the media getting off basically the gun topic and and getting on to something else uh, okay. i've heard a lot of people saying that policing in america is it drives it derives its origin from the uh the runaway slave posses that they used to put together in the South, which yeah. is where I live. Right. That is not true. Right. Yeah. I've that seen some debunking videos of that too. That is not where policing in America got its start. Policing in America was modeled after uh, Great Britain in London, a man by the name of Sir Roger, Rob, Sir Robert Peel. He started the first municipal police department in London. We took his, what he came up with over there, we took it and we brought it over here and we transposed it over here into America. And I believe New York City was the first place to have a municipal police department here in America. And it was modeled after what came out of, of London, out of His, uh, Robert yeah. Peel's efforts to make a municipal police department. And he is the reason that all the police officers are called Bobbies. So all these people that are saying that, oh, it's. The police department's racist because it's a modeled after these slave things. No, it had, had absolutely nothing to do with that. Now, that being said, did the did the police officers or the sheriffs or whatever, did they go along on these posses to capture and return runaway slaves? I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. Or right. maybe they did half the time and maybe they didn't know half the time. Maybe it was just citizens themselves going after these people and bringing them back. I don't know. Right. I've but, been able to find some rather interesting stories about that. And one of them was a, a black man and he would, uh, he would encourage the uh, slaves to run away and hide in the barns on his property. And then he would wait for the, uh, the bounty to come out on them. And if it was sufficient enough, he turn would them turn them in yeah. and get, and get the bounty. 
And if it wasn't, you know, he would tell them to go on, you know, so there's just, all, there's, there's enough guilt going right. around. But it's, everybody, it's again, looking at the past through today's eyes, you but know, you got to admit that's, that's screwed up, right? Oh yeah. I mean, whether it, whether it's today's eyes or it's the eyes back then, you got to admit that's screwed up. If you're going to, if you're, if you're going to say, Hey, you know, run away and come hide in my barn. And then once the bounty comes out for this individual, if it's significant enough, I'm going to turn this guy in. Say, hey, I know where he is. I'll bring him back to you, or you can come get him. Right. But he, and then if yeah. the bounty's not big enough, he's just going to, you know, he's going to let him loose, and then he's still going to tell the the guy, hey, he's going this way. Right. But that's you if know, he, so he can get a little. But you got to think there were a lot of people for for the people who back then who thought it was wrong. There were a lot of people back then who thought it was right. And they they didn't, didn't view them as human. Um, They didn't view slaves as human. So the, to him, it might've been to him. It's not like he's doing anything to a person him. It's like, I'm taking advantage of the system and I'm going to make some money off of it. Same thing people do every single day to day, you know, how many, how many, how many rich people today? It was one one black man doing it to another black man. Right. But how many people look at it today? Uh, uh, could be a white person to another white person, a rich person to a poor person that mm-hmm. takes advantage of them because they look at that poor person as beneath them, that they're not, uh, they're less human. So they're willing to take advantage of them and uh, do whatever to make a buck off of them. Yes. Here's uh, Adam Calhoun's. I saw a clip of him. It was him talking about uh, race. How's it going? Listen, if you're black and you were born in America, you're not African-American. You're just American. If you were born in Africa and you become an American citizen, well, then you're African-American. That's how that works. Now, I'm Irish and I'm proud of my heritage, but I was born here in America. I'm an American. Also, there's no such thing as white privilege. If you were born in the United States of America, you're already privileged. The very day you are born here, you are born free. You have the freedom to pick what religion you want to be. You can be openly gay. You can burn the American flag and tear down monuments and not be shot down in the middle of the street like dogs with fully automatic rifles by your government. Welcome to America. Yeah, a whole lot of truth in that statement. Yeah, I've got a, uh, I've got something humorous to tell you, and uh, this is a little aside. It's kind of a joke I heard. This guy, he went to the beach and he was laying out on the beach, getting him a tan. And a bunch of really pale, pasty white guys came up to him, and they said, uh, "They said if you, you if you continue to get a tan, sir, you're going to have to turn in your white privilege card." <laughs> <laughs> Basically, saying you're no longer white because you have a tan now. Yeah, you're but a person of color. Yeah, but you can <laughs> trade in that white privilege card to get that race card. That I think that beats, yes, that beats it, I so. think that's how that works. It trumps it. Yeah. <laughs> Another little clip. Florida sheriff. I like that. This one, Florida sheriff. I do. I do agree with the man. I don't think that it doesn't matter where you're from or what right. your color is. If you're born here in America, you're an American. Right. You're not African American. You're not French American. You're not European American. You're not Polynesian American. If you're an American, you're an American period. When you, when you willingly sub divide yourself into a, a smaller category, you make yourself lesser than what you should be. Right. Of your own violation. But there are so few people that are actually doing that. It's just that the ones who are, that are trying to divide the, the ones who are pushing white privilege and, you know, 
white supremacy and pushing all of this division and critical race theory and all these is such a small voice. It's just that they're so loud and so many people, when you look at the government talking about voter regulations, that it's racist to require ID to vote. Someone please explain to me why that is. Why because is it you're, racist? Because you're racist if you believe that. No, well, no. no. Yeah. So you're using circular logic here and you're saying, okay, it's racist to ask for it. And the reason you're asking for it is because you're racist. No, it's no, not why I'm asking No, no, I'm it. saying that you're racist if you think requiring voter ID is racist because you're saying that this group is incapable. They don't. That's my point. Why? Why? Because Why they're, they because to? they're racist. Because they actually believe that if you require people Someone to have to an, ID, an ID, then you're going to discriminate. That it's going to affect black people more than white people. Because black people. Well, what Biden say that they that they don't they have good ideas as far as entrepreneurs. African Americans don't have. What did he say? They don't have lawyers, like lawyers and, lawyers and, and accountants. accountants and, you know, they can't get these things. And they, you know, and when he was talking about them finding voting places that they that they can't use the Internet to find the voting, the the polling places. And see, when you when you actually that man, come that out, man, that man is a racist. Right. If you're you're making those kind of statements about a group of people, you, sir are the racist. And if there is systemic racism in this country, it is entrenched completely inside the Democrat party. Oh, period. definitely. But that's what I'm saying. It's all white people saying it because most black people, if you ask them about voter ID, do you have an ID? Can you get an ID? They all say, yes, we're more than capable of getting an ID. We're just as capable to go down there and get our driver's license as you are or to get our picture ID as you are. And if anybody thinks that they're are less capable, that person is racist. I'm Ami Horowitz, and I'm here in Berkeley, California, yeah, to find out if voter ID laws suppress the black vote. Uh, yeah, they're usually pretty racist and <laughs> they're bad. I think voter ID laws are a way to perpetuate racism. Would you say they're, would you go as far as to say they're, they're, those laws are racist? For sure. Do you think it suppresses the uh, African-American vote? Definitely. Uh, because they're less likely to have state IDs. Minority voters are less... Why are they less likely? ...likely to have the kinds of IDs that have been um, described or required. These type of people don't live in... These type of people. <laughs> Every one of these people are just racist. Areas yes, they are. And, and, they, the and the DMVs. really bad part about it is, is they don't realize that they are. I know. They probably think that like this not. boy, he said that they don't have access to DMVs and or other places where they can get identification. You can always get IDs um, you do over the Internet. Does that also would, uh, make it difficult for, for black people in particular? Yeah, you have to have access to the Internet. You have to be able to pay an Internet service provider for certain fees. Yeah, black people can't afford that. Do you think that's harder for black people to go online? Well, ideas? I feel like they don't have the knowledge of how of like how it works. A lot of people have smartphones, but you might not have data. For most of the communities, they don't really know what is out there just because they're not aware or like right. they're not informed. I also think there's a repression of like black voting with um, how they how if you're a convicted felon, like you're not allowed to vote and everything. And when you look at swing states like Florida, that's a huge population of the of the like African Americans. Now I'm here in East Harlem to ask black people their thoughts on what you just heard. 
Now, granted, every he's editing the video, so he's going to pick all of the white people who say something racist, and he's going to pick all of the black people. Well, sure, he, but that's just it, though. These people are out there. Right. Do you have ID? And, and there's sure two very yeah, ID. awful, right. awful examples was that young girl and that, that guy. Yeah. Both of them were incredibly awful and, and, and you, bad. Yeah. Carry ID? Yes, I do. Do you know anybody, who, any black person doesn't carry ID? No. Everyone that I know has an ID. Why would they think we don't have ID? <laughs> That's a lie. Why would they say that? Do you have ID? Yes. Because I have my ID and my friends have their ID, so like, we know what we need to carry around. Yeah, everybody that I know have ID. Like, that's one of the things you need to walk around with New York with, an ID. Do you know any black adult who does not have ID? No, I don't. Is it a weird thing to even say that? Yes, it is. What is this, some, some type of uh, trick candy camera? I know, like that? right? <laughs> That's the only thing I brought with me. This is a legit ID. I heard a lot also that uh, black people can't figure out how to get to the DMV. Really? Is that, is that, what does that say to you? I know it's that. It's on 25th Street. Do you know where the ID, the, the DMV is around you? It's on 125th Street and 3rd Avenue, I believe. You know where to get there? Yeah. Did you have a problem getting there if you had to get there? No. It's, I know these sound like silly questions. You know how to get the AV? Of course. You know where it is? Yes. You can get there? Uh-huh. No problem. No problem. Just checking. Okay. And I also heard a lot that black people, especially poor black people, have no access to the internet, can't figure out how to use the internet. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's just stupidity, honestly. Everybody has access to the internet. Even a little kid can figure out how to work the internet. I had access to the internet for years. Know how to use it properly, right? Exactly. I do it at work. So, of course, I know how to use it. Smart. My kids know how to use it. They all have iPads, iPods, whatever. Your phone has data? Mm-hmm. You can actually Unlimited. Internet. Unlimited data. Mm-hmm. I use my phone as a hotspot. What does that say to you for the people who have this perception of black Um, uh, they're pretty much ignorant of That's why. I've had this conversation with people when you talk about voter IDs. And they say, you're just trying to suppress the black vote. Ow. Right, but they they won't say <laughs> the problem is That's, nobody. That, that would be that would be my that would be my question. Nobody. How am I suppressing the black vote if black people already have? I mean, if they're driving a car, they've got an ID. You you yeah. went deeper than the surface layer. You can never do that with a liberal. Well, I don't want to say liberal because I I consider myself liberal in a lot of areas. With a uh, um, somebody that's so far left and illogical that they have an. Uh, they have a talking point and nothing any deeper than that, because as soon as you call it out on anything. And of course, once you do that, that's when they call you a racist. Right. Because they want to shut down your opposition to their talking point. They don't want you to say, hey, how is it that that is racist to require a identification? How is it racist? Explain it to me. And then they'll, 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 they'll drop back into it. Well, if I have to explain it to you, you you're obviously you're not smart enough to understand how racist you actually are. Right. And I'm like, no, 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 that's a cop out. You're right. Or they just say, you just say that because Trump says it. Trump told you to. You don't even. It's like, no. I wanted to do with Trump. Before Trump even came into, into office, before he was even thinking about running for president, right. I wanted voter ID laws. Yeah. You know, I mean, and here in Virginia, you used to have to show your ID. I think you still do. Right. Have to show your identification when you go into a vote. I think it's totally appropriate. Number one, you should have to, you should be able to prove that you're an American citizen. And if you're here on a visa and you're not an American citizen, a work visa or whatever, right? then you shouldn't vote because you're not a citizen. 
Voting is for citizens, right. period. If you snuck across the border and you're an illegal alien, then voting is for citizens. It's not for people that are here illegally. Right. My daughter and I had this conversation not too long ago because <clears throat> we were talking about, it was back when they were talking about lowering the voting age to 16, um, mm-hmm. because that's what I said. That's a horrible idea. Oh, yeah, I think it is, too. And then, of course, I always have to take it a little farther, you know, kind of play devil's advocate. So I was going with the what I think you should even go a little farther than the voting age. And I was trying to argue from the point of I think you should be a landowner to be able to vote as far as. uh, Well, uh, you're because you're you're playing devil's advocate. But in the original Constitution, that was what was the requirement. Right. Because you're supposed to have a little skin in the game. Exactly. Right. And that's the way they looked at it. You've got to have some skin in the game. And if you don't have any skin in the game, then, you know. But back then, they also didn't have ID. So better for you to be voting here if you lived here so we knew who you were. And you own land. You have a, a homestead. You you know, you're here. We know who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you don't, then we don't know who you are because it's not like we can say, hey, show me your driver's license. So back then, you know, you weren't doing that. But I know that does. Then you start crossing the lines. Well, does your if I rent this house, do I have less of a voice than if I own this house? Because I still care about the community. I still, you know. However, mm-hmm. I think that uh, requiring an ID is definitely uh, not going too far. No, I don't think it is either. I don't think you're asking for an identification to vote is any way, shape, or form. Because, I mean, everybody's got IDs. Right. And for those people, like that, the little white girl, well, they, you know, they just don't know how to get that stuff. Um, that is... So condescending well, and wrong. In my opinion, and, it is if there are it, a handful is, of people. racist. Right. If there yeah, are a handful of people out there who don't know how to get an ID, they probably shouldn't be voting. If they're yeah. that if they're that incompetent, because, yeah, anybody can get an ID. Sure. And, and most states, like we said, it's close to half of them. It's free. Mm-hmm. And I think on average it was, yeah, whatever, eight, ten, twelve dollars, something like that. But like we said before, that's still, you know, if you put a dollar amount on it, then that's all relative. I just too. don't understand the the why people get so upset over the fact that you're going to ask somebody for something that they already have anyway. Because, like I said, they got driver's licenses and such. So they've already got an identification. Big, because so why, they, is, why is asking for it all of a sudden a racist thing? Because it's anything not. that way they can say anything else you say about voting is racist. I mean, they just use it as a uh, as a jumping off point. And that's probably true. All right. Well, yeah. You, I, you, you I have a good evening. I'm gonna try to. You too, Dave. All right. Talk to you later. All right. See you. Bye. See you. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from us, you can go to sociallysensitive.com and follow us on Instagram at sociallysensitive and on Twitter at sociallysense. Thanks again and see you next time. Watch what you say to me Cause I done seen a lot of shit that I could never talk about